Good afternoon and welcome to the Susan Harmon Experience. She. Uh, my world experiences a lot of various and totally different kind of things. And I'm, and I'm always looking at how these things impact all of us. Um, and I want to talk about that a little bit. But first, I want to say, hey, Eric, how are you doing today? Good afternoon, Susan. I'm doing fine. It's a beautiful day here in the Puget Sound. So, uh, you know, I'm just enjoying the view out our window here. As we, uh, as I kick off another Friday on the air, so uh, you know I miss that window. <laughs> I miss that window. We, we are lucky. Out. It's a and and the, the days that we see eagles flying over. It's just, oh yeah, they've been yeah. Uh, they've been um, quite a few uh, like bald eagles that uh, dance around uh, in the air uh, around our building here lately. So that's been a, a real nice thing to see. And we just saw an eagle here flying uh, over and circling around my house yesterday, uh, which was a pretty amazing sight because we don't have a lot of eagles in Arizona, but they are here, not like in the Northwest where we, we actually do have quite a few. Yeah, they're kind of like uh, pigeons up here. They're just a pest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's I never get terrible. tired of seeing them, but Shame. we've seen Shame. quite a few. <laughs> yeah. Well, or, or, or the uh, the falcons that uh, live in the buildings downtown and can be seen on the security cameras with their nests. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's a, you know, we, we humans have this um, arrogance about us that, you know, well, it's our cities. You know, the people that go, well, there was a coyote. They've come into the cities. Honey, they've been there all along. <laughs> I mean, they haven't just recently arrived. They've been there. You know, I, I used to say to the teenagers I worked on, see that hawk up there, hawk? Yeah, see it? Yeah, well, it lives in the neighborhood too, just like we do. You know, the 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 birds the trees they're you know they're all part of it the little ants on the ground um you know life is is connected all the way around and um it's very important for us to see those connections and i i look at so much of what's going on in the world and um i've had a personal experience that i'm going to share with the uh with the audience because um a lot of families have not just been impacted by the COVID-19 epidemic. What are we at, 86,000 deaths now? I don't know the exact number at this point. It climbs every day. Yeah, and and let me just stop you there. It got a lot noisier where you were there for a second, so I just want to... Uh... I know that. I don't know how to turn that off. That's my computer telling me I got an email, and I've never been able to... <laughs> it sounded like a I've fan tried. or a... It sounded like a loud fan or, you know, like a jet or something. I know. <laughs> so but I wasn't it's, sure. But it's, it's, it, on this end, it just goes, ding. <laughs> okay. So, okay. It but seems, I seems to have, have quieted down now. So I've, I think we're well, okay. It's just, it's just saying you've got an email. But I've I've gone into settings and I cannot figure out how to make that stop. <laughs> so my apologies to everyone that, bung. That's okay. End. I just I, I knew you were going to say something uh, important, so I just wanted to make sure people could hear you. Hey, I'm glad you think that occasionally I say something <laughs> important. <laughs> okay, so this actually is something that's important to me. Uh, we know that the opioid epidemic has been going on for a very long time, and most of the people that do heroin or other things, they started, they became addicted uh, to um, drugs that were prescribed to them for various reasons for pain and overprescribed, I might add. Uh, we have a family, the Sackler family, I think they're like the 16th wealthiest family in the country who knew that Oxycontin was highly addictive, even though they sold it as being non-addictive. Uh, they are responsible for the deaths of tens of thousands of people, uh, yet we are still arresting people in some states for possession of marijuana, an herb that has never killed anybody. Uh, it may have led to overeating by some, you know, <laughs> raped the refrigerator, uh, but has uh, never killed anyone. Uh, and yet this family has uh, profited by billions of dollars um, and is responsible for the deaths 
of tens of thousands at least. And one of those deaths uh, occurred yesterday. A very dear friend of mine, Leanda Eason, uh, she's a wonderful healer, uh, just an absolutely beautiful human being. Um, I've known her for, oh my goodness, I think we initially met back in the uh, 1990s. And early on, he was either late 80s or early 90s, right in that area. Well, the early 90s. And um, she's just a really good person, and she cares about the world, and she creates marvelous art and and uh, heals people. And her sister, for 12 years, uh, her drug was heroin. And... Um, I'd say about nine months ago, she got clean. Uh, Crystal, Crystal Nelson got clean and uh, quit doing uh, drugs. And then she took a job uh, just a couple of months ago, three months ago maybe. And uh, things got very rough for her and she started uh, taking drugs again. And yesterday, the drugs took her. So I just wanted to do um, a little shout out, a little prayer, because it's, I kept waking up during the night and I didn't understand why, and now I know, uh, because Leanda uh, texted me this morning. And I want to send prayers out um, to Leanda and to her, uh, to her mother, um, Jean. Jean is an amazing woman, and I, I think that people because I'm going to talk a little bit about wages and what workers make in this country uh, as we go into the show today. Jean was one of 12 children of alcoholic parents who parented her siblings who had a really rough road to hoe. And she took her life and took charge of it and did good things in the world and still is doing good things. She worked as a waitress, and she uh, bought her own home. Her house, every time I've been there, neat as a pin. Always, in fact, <laughs> according to Landa, she can be a little anal about having everything neat and tidy and clean. And um, I've tried to tell my friend Landa, who's just a beautiful shining light, because she was feeling so guilty uh, that yesterday... She and her mom had gone into Crystal's room and that they were searching for the drugs. They were like, okay, this is it. We're going to get her clean. If we have to chain her to the bed, we're going we're to get her sober. We're going to get her clean. We're going to find all the drugs. We're going to throw them all out. We're going to take charge. Not knowing that uh, Crystal was dying during that. I said, you did nothing wrong. You did everything right. You came from your heart. You came from love. You can't do anything more than that. You can't make somebody be what they're unable to do at the moment. And I just wanted to share this with the audience because, you know, you hear statistics and, and you look at this and you know somebody who has a relative or, or you have a relative or a friend and you feel helpless. There's nothing you can do. And the truth is, there is nothing you can do. People do make these choices. And they're not the choice you would choose for them, but they're the choice they make. Uh, sometimes being a medium is very difficult when it's uh, people that you that you know and that uh, you care about. Uh, so it has been difficult for me to feel her uh, her soul, which I can feel. Part of her doesn't even know she's dead. So that's uh, that's really hard for people like me who are mediums uh, to deal with. But we have to. We, we have to stay strong and we have to share what we know and be loving. If, if you think of yourself as a light worker, if you're out there and you feel yourself and you're very frustrated and you feel down, don't. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep shining that light and be that light. And try to turn any anger or frustrations you have into motivation to make change, to make things positive, to do something good in the world. Don't stay stuck in anger. Don't stay stuck in fear, but do that. Reach your hands out. Uh, if anyone uh, listening 
knows Leander or knows Jean. Jean um, is, like I said, this wonderful woman. Reach out to her. Try to find hope for her so that she doesn't uh, get lost in her grief. That's easy to do. And um, I, I know I'm taking up a lot of time on something personal, but I think it touches other people. I think that, that when you hear the stories, it's not just statistics and numbers. These are human beings. And each one of us is connected to every single one of the rest of us. A friend, uh, someone I'm, I care very much about, uh, told me this morning uh, that he had become uh, somewhat of a, a recluse in a way, just kind of pulling back because it's just too much to deal with. You know, I, I just don't want to even deal with it. It's just it's more than I can handle. And uh, I'm saying, folks, deal with it. Don't come from anger. Don't march yourself down with weapons and stand there in Olympia or or Phoenix or Sacramento or, God help us, Michigan State Legislature and act like your rights are exceed everybody else's. They don't. You've got to come from love. You can't come from fear. And if you're walking around armed to the teeth, you're coming from fear. And that's the truth. So we're going to talk more about that in a moment. Um, I mean, if you have anything you'd like to add, Eric, feel free. I, I agree with you, and I'm really sorry for your loss and your your uh, friend's loss as well. I mean, uh, you know, we're all kind of dealing with, um, you know, losses on a daily basis as a country now. Uh, but, you know, there's nothing that can compare to that personal loss. So. Uh, my, you know, thoughts go out to you and to your friends and their family. And, you know, I don't want people to remember Crystal Nelson as a drug addict, but as this beautiful human being. And I, I said to Leander this morning, you had that six months when she was who she really was, but she just didn't want to be here anymore. She just didn't want to do it. And I tried to look up some statistics this morning uh, on was there an increase in suicides. And um, people just aren't feeling like, you know, hope springs eternal in the human breast. Well, it doesn't seem to be happening that much with people. Hope is not is is not an essential part of their being these days and i don't know what i can do to inspire people to be more hopeful and and say listen we're going to get through this i mean that's i know that that's a phrase everybody keeps using well we're going to get through this but well when is it going to end well the truth folks is this we are not in charge the virus is in charge we are only in charge of ourselves and how we react. A friend of mine that works at a pizza place uh, said a woman called in to complain because the delivery person had asked her to sign a piece of paper, uh, you know, to give him a tip. And uh, she did it. And then she called in to complain. And he told her, <laughs> I love it. He told her, well, no one, you didn't have to sign it. You chose to do that. That was a choice you made. And because, you, you know, you were concerned, you should... Uh, shouldn't have done it and that's and that's something we all need to take responsibility for our actions instead of finding someone else to blame and i think it's a difficult thing for us to do as a nation when the quote leader oh my god that's so hard to say the quote the person who's supposed to be the leader of the country does nothing but blame other people for things he himself has done exactly uh, it's unacceptable uh, and when I hear people say, well, you're just doing this uh, to try to, to keep him from being president, you're darn right. <laughs> you're absolutely correct. I'm guilty. I will do whatever I can for him to not be president of the United States of America. At minimum, he's an embarrassment. At minimum. More to the point, he is um, not a nice person. Uh to turn around and talk to the female, and I, I and I just want to say this: for if there are any reporters listening, which I doubt, but if there are any reporters or people who are listening, men, when you see a man talk to women in the manner that he spoke to those two female reporters a few days ago, stand up and say something. 
Quit being cowards. Don't allow that to happen. I mean, it's it, it, it's just like we have women, Betsy DeVos, head of the education department. I don't know if you saw this about the uh, how they are changing the uh, the laws on uh, what the Title Nine. Uh, for sexual assault at colleges. Did you read any about that, Eric? I heard a little bit about it, but, uh, you know, I I didn't hear like a follow-up. Uh, I, I know they were changing some of the rules that um, kept... My understanding is that uh, it changed some of the regulations uh, that uh, decreased liability on the colleges. Decreased liability, but one of the other things that's really at, at issue, and I did write, uh, I wrote uh, both, uh, I wrote my two senators in Arizona and my uh, representative. My representative has sent a form letter back saying she didn't have time. And uh, and uh, Cinema did respond to me. Um, McSally did not. Uh, she, she responded with, uh, well, we, we'll, we'll get back to you when we can. But one of the big issues for this was um, the way that the the due process rights for students who report sexual assault, that's where it really is. Uh, the problem is they're re-traumatizing victims uh, because they're allowing the accused assailants to be able to cross-examine uh, you know, cross the uh, person who has been sexually assaulted. I find that abhorrent. You know, um, having been raped myself when I was in college, uh, I thought I was over it. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I've been out of college for a very long time. <laughs> so, so when um, my friend uh, Melinda Rabine was doing this little documentary on people who had been raped or sexually assaulted or were victims of domestic violence, uh, Alder... Uh, whose hu husband was Jeremiah at that time. She's now married to Eddie. I like Eddie. Anyway, I like Jeremiah. Okay, but anyway, that's an aside. Um, they were they were videoing, and, uh, you know, Alder said, say, um, I'm a survivor of rape. And I, I said that, and I said, wait a minute, can we start over? I said, that doesn't feel right to me. Uh, so I said, um, she said, sure, say whatever you want to say. So I said, I was raped. That does not define me. And I thought it was important to shift it from something somebody else did to me to, wait a minute, that isn't who I am. That's who he is. He's the rapist. So you don't get to define me by your actions. And I think that that's a, a very distinct difference uh, in perspective. Uh, I didn't survive you. I am separate from you. I have nothing to do with you. You just did something that was egregious and uh, wrong, and you're not getting to decide who I am because of it. So, um, yeah, that uh, that I think is uh, important for us to to change that. So, changing the Title Nine to protect. Uh, you know, do you remember that song, Eric, that came out and said, oh, boys are having such a hard time now because these girls have so much power? Uh, and there was a it was a really good song, uh, you know, boys, boys are having such a hard I forget what that song was, but it was really cute. I liked it. I think we played it on the air. I'm not sure. But they're not having a hard time. Uh, if you're there are false accusations. Mm -hmm. I'm here to say that's absolutely valid. And I, and I get that. But with a proper investigation, those generally are found out for the most part. Um, there's a heck of a lot more sexual assaults than there are false accusations. And I, I, I you and I've talked about this, Eric. The, I think the vast majority of men are good, decent human beings. And I don't think most men want to have sex with a, an unconscious woman. I mean, where's the fun in that? I mean, right. You know, um, that just, it just seems to me to, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it from the wrong, wrong view. No, no, you're right. But, you're right. I mean, I, I think any, any, any intelligent, sensual, you know, 
loving life person would sure. like the full participation of both people in this act. Yes, and but I mean, if there's consent there, then I'm not going to judge. It's Absolutely. all about consent. It's all about consent. And I have to say, okay, I saw, I probably shouldn't share this, but I'm going to anyway because I'm in that kind of a mood. Um, I saw a thing on a um, on a porn video that was amazing to me that, okay, don't laugh. <laughs> no, it was amazing because the actors in this now, and this is the thing you need to know. Most of this is acting folks. The vast majority of it is acting said, look, that was consensual, non-consensual. You don't get to do this with somebody out there. We have agreed to do this non-consensual act. This was their disclaimer. This was their disclaimer, sure. and it was beautifully done. I wanted to save that and use it in a in a in a relationship class, hmm. you know, with people, and say, "Look, this is a a porn actor saying we consented to do this non consensual thing, but you don't get to go out and do non consensual things with people." Right. I just thought it was wonderful that they did this. I would like to see that kind of thing done more often. No. I mean, okay. <laughs> you're still laughing at me, aren't well, you? Well, you're watching some interesting <laughs> material. <laughs> research. It's research. Okay. okay. <laughs> Actually, it is because I am writing a book that uh, I am doing some research like that on. Seriously. Which I'll talk about more at another time. I've already – I some of the people in my audience are going, oh, my God, she doesn't never know. She never knows when to stop. She just doesn't <laughs> shut up. But uh, – I did want to talk a little bit about opening the economy. Um, I was in uh, Tucson, uh, day, well, yesterday and the day before, and um, my friend had taken me out to teach me to do some uh, shooting out because I hadn't held a gun in decades. So, so all my friends who think, oh, God, no, now she's using guns, watching porn and using guns. What has happened to our dear, sweet Susan? <laughs> so... Uh, it was really interesting, and uh, we stopped at a Mexican restaurant on the way back uh, into town, and um, they uh, they were open for the first, I think, that yes, uh, the day before yesterday was the first day that they were open, and they had set up the tables. They had taken the tabletops off of certain tables so that there was, you know, over six feet of space between the tables. So you were a good distance from anybody else that was in there. Hmm. And we actually sat down and ate, which was like kind of shocking to me almost. It had been so long since I'd sat at a table so in a restaurant. Arizona is uh, apparently going full on reopen. Then. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Because Washington, the state, is not. Uh, no. Yeah, we're we're still, I think, in phase one. We've got several phases before we get to that point. Exactly. And and you're kind of modeling. It's, uh, Washington State is modeling. Uh, I know the city of Chicago is modeling after, uh, um, oh, what's the, shoot, New Zealand. New Zealand uh, set up these phases like that. And I believe both Washington State and the city of Chicago and some other places are using that same kind of phasing because it makes more sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very logical. Uh, but remember, we have um, uh, we have a Republican governor here who, you know, uh, so many of these guys are beholden to Trump. My friend that took me out to shoot it has been a lifelong Republican. He said, I would vote for the devil himself over Trump. <laughs> so lifelong Republican speaking. Uh, but the Republican Party, let's face it, was hijacked. But now that it got hijacked, you've got all of these guys that are in office. Just what is it? I think I read the stat, something like 20, is it 23 or 26, 23 uh, Republican uh, senators are up for reelection this time. And uh, there are some that are vulnerable. I think how many seats would we need to um, to flip to change the Senate? Uh, it wasn't that many, but it's, um, not, it's a hand. I think like even three or four. It's, I know it's not more than eight. Because remember, we did a show a few weeks ago where I talked about the eight different eight different women uh, who would make a difference, uh, you know, if they were elected in their states. 
And one of those is Paulette Jordan in Idaho. I love this woman. She's just an amazing woman. It would be really nice to have a, a native woman, um, you know, senator who's brilliant, uh, good looking, open hearted. I mean, it's nice to have an intelligent person in office, you know? Yeah. And what this has done when you have people that stand there and lie and support a liar, people have lost faith in government. Um, they are, they're prone to, okay, let's, one of the big rumors going around right now that I've been, I've had at least a half a dozen people say this to me, I'm saying it's not true, uh, is saying that the numbers for COVID-19 deaths uh, have been exaggerated, when in reality, they are probably underreported, right. not overreported. And I think there was the, they they added like 5,600 uh, probable COVID-19 deaths and people going, aha. But the fact is, there are more deaths not being reported as COVID-19 than are being reported. Even though it's all over social media, people post, they repost, and they just, they don't pay any attention to what they're posting. So now you have so many people that prefer to believe Facebook posts to actual uh, statistics. Or and YouTube that, videos. Or YouTube Yeah. Yeah, and there's some YouTube videos that are so off the wall. We talked about that last week, remember? Right. Online. Yeah, and you anybody can make a YouTube video where they rant with uh, unsubstantiated facts, uh, quote-unquote facts. Right, they're yeah, not completely facts. Completely falsified information. That's right. So now we have uh, people in Washington state as well as the people in um, there's a there are a group. They call themselves libertarians, but uh, I think they mm -hmm. read, really need to, to recheck what libertarians really are about um, that are Trump supporters. And they um, want to impeach um, Governor Inslee mm -hmm. because he wants to keep Washington state shut down. I think being a responsible governor and caring about the citizens of your state is not an, imp an impeachable offense. Well, absolutely. He's doing his job. <laughs> He's too, unlike uh, other people, he is doing his job. Now, let me just ask you, because they marched again in Michigan, armed men into the state legislature in Michigan, mm -hmm. and they have threatened the governor's life. They have threatened her life. Yep. They, I mean, Screaming at the uh, the security officers, the police officers there that are doing their job trying to protect these government workers. And uh, remember when Blue Lives Mattered? Well, apparently they don't not anymore, so not to these they people. Don't, not, 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 no, they, Blue Lives only matter if you're beaten up on black guys. Sure. <laughs> then they matter. No, I, I, I'm not. I don't mean that because, folks— I'm the person who started the petition to get the Southwest Police Freaks precinct built in Seattle. Just so you know, uh, I am not anti-police. I'm anti-bad police. Sure. Uh, I'm I'm all for community policing, which seems to have gone by the wayside. I am not supportive of m militaristic policing. Uh, I don't need armed men telling me what to do, whether they're blue uniforms or whether they're yahoos with their hats on backwards and their ammo strapped across their chest uh like we're gonna get our way you know one thing my father told me when i was young that my entire life has held true he said a bully is always a coward and i have never seen that fail i've never seen a bully who was not a coward and these guys that are marching around with my Second Amendment right to my gun, um, these guys have some serious problems. I'm going to tell you right now, we talked about this last week, too. If black guys had marched into there with guns or Muslim guys had marched in there with guns or native guys had marched in there with guns, do you think they'd be able to walk out and go home? Probably not. I doubt it. Um, but they're too sensible to do something like that. 
And I just don't think that I think every one of these guys that did that, they need to put warrants out for them uh, for threatening uh, the lives of people. That's a crime. Yep. When you threaten to kill, especially a public official, that is a crime. And I think they need to to because they're all they, they're so proud of themselves. They're, they're posing with their weapons. You've got their pictures. You know, their names on the Facebook page. Make out warrants. Put them in jail. They need to be arrested. That is outrageous. It is not American. And I'm tired of people saying, well, because my belief is this, I get to, to take trod all over your beliefs. Right. And it's not what it says in the Constitution. And it just should not be allowed whatsoever. I know we need to take a break here for a short minute from my um, expounding upon uh, the misbehavior of my brothers in arms uh, who are idiots. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but, you know, I used to say that a certain appendage and the size of your truck were in exact opposite proportions. Um, so I am not going to go into that any further. <laughs> We're taking a break. I've already done like, I think, probably four uh, faux pas in this half of the show. Would you say? <laughs> I lost count. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, Eric just like, I can't take anymore. <laughs> okay. You are listening to Susan Babbling on Susan Harmon Experience KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Stay tuned for more babbling. Are you ready to become comfortable in your own skin? The Vast Institute's encouraging curriculum is designed to infuse your world with optimism and creative life solutions. Our four pillars of learning provide a holographic toolkit taking you to the next level. If you're ready to experience a quality of life currently beyond your imagination, call us at 206-935-7872 or visit our website at vastinstitute.com to discover how to enrich your life at work or play. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed back Daniel Levin, author of The Mosaic, to talk about archetypes in the time of pandemic. On Saturday, Kelly Sullivan Walden, the dream doctor, returns with how dreams can direct us toward our best life and keep us safe. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor, medium, and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email susan at susanharmon.com and put I love the Susan Harmon hour in the subject line. This is a limited time offer, so set up your appointment by emailing susan at susanharmon.com today. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk, 1150. Well, time is slipping, slipping, slipping into the Susan Harmon experience. Welcome back, uh, where I am here babbling away, and Eric is uh, trying to help me stay focused. <laughs> You're in, a, in a construction zone, I think, because that's what it sounds like behind you. Yeah, well, it's is that my, just your that's your fan, or are you getting more? No, emails? that's the laptop. Oh, no, okay. okay, the laptop. It's it, it's not happy. Um, so I can't. Well, that's because you're in know. roasty toasty Arizona. <laughs> I'm in roasty toasty. It's nice and cool in my house. Oh, uh, I think I said something that there were eighty six thousand deaths. So far, they, uh, confirmed deaves. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, just current numbers are at 87,218, which will probably be more by the time the show is over, unfortunately. Yes. And so we were talking about uh, 
the Spanish flu and lessons learned or not learned. Yeah, during the break, we were talking about how similar this is to 100 years ago uh, when we closed down a lot of the country because of the Spanish flu, which incidentally was not (laughs) started in Spain. Uh, The reason why it got the Spanish flu name is because Spain was the only one reporting on the cases of Spanish flu because everybody else was involved with World War One, uh, uh, so they, they didn't want to talk about Spanish flu because they were afraid it would make their armies look weak. So we're seeing a, a lot of the same kind of craziness today with people denying something is happening, and uh, you know, and people paying the price with their lives. Exactly, exactly. And I, you meant what, what I thought was great is you mentioned San Antonio. <clears throat> was one of the last to shut down and the first to open up, and they got yeah, hit back in harder than anybody else Absolutely. in 1918. Yeah, yeah. And we're, and we're so seeing similar seeing, things today, yeah. Yeah. P- people Texas too eager to restart everything. Yep. Uh-huh. Georgia. I mean, uh, you know, it's like, and I've been saying this, <clears throat> well, you can go and do that, but I'm not going to because um, it's just so obvious to me that it's going to last longer if you uh, get out there and do these things. And I right. didn't get all my research done. Very frankly, I was very upset about my friend's um, uh, death yesterday. But uh, there's a new uh, illness with children directly late related to uh, the coronavirus uh, that they just started talking about. Did you see any of that on the news? I, yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, which is a very scary thing. But um, yeah, for small children, and yeah. that's uh, yeah. So I think that that's something. I, I hope folks will go and take a, a look that up because uh, that is a definitely uh, something that you need to know. Uh, because this whole there are still people that have said to me, "Well, it's only old people and people with uh, pre-existing conditions that die from this." I said, "No, it's not." Right. And children have died as well. So, you know, you need to to not be so uh, arrogant. Oh, well, I'm safe. I'm 30 years old. No, you're not. Yeah. People are good. Yeah. People are affected in different ways. And what they're finding is the cases of what they're calling pediatric multi-symptom inflammatory syndrome or PMIS have been reported uh, in parts of the U.S. and Europe with some children experiencing organ failure, and at least three deaths have been reported in New York so far. Uh, And they believe that uh, children with the virus, the coronavirus, um, are having this triggered in their immune system. So uh, it's it's also... There's a lot more to this virus than we know. Yeah, yeah. And they thought it was this Kawasaki disease... Uh, but I, I think they think now that it's a, a separate thing, but it's very similar to Kawasaki disease. Yeah, so it's, uh, and we don't know enough yet, but it is definitely something to pay attention to. And one of the things that uh, we're looking at now that they're opening restaurants is, you know, we don't give uh, food workers the kind of health care that they need. They don't have paid sick leave. They don't have universal care in, in food service. And then one of the other things that's happening, Stephen Miller, we all know and love him, um, <laughs> uh, whose wife tested positive uh, for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to, so the, so it, COVID-19 is uh, alive and well in the White House, folks. Right. And they are they're arguing to reopen the country because uh, uh, they think apparently that we've conquered this thing, but they haven't even conquered it in the, in White, the White House. House. Yeah, so. right. So uh, anyway, Stephen Miller has uh, said that uh, they're looking at if if you um, are looking at the possibility of of um, deportation, that if you are seeking medical help. That'll be a factor that's held against you. Seeking medical help will give them more reason for to give you deportation. So what do you think that does to people that are fearful of deportation? Do you think they're going to go get medical help when they need it? No. No. So 
You know, um, Ocasio-Cortez said something I thought was really good because I've always said a society that doesn't honor its old and care for its young cannot stand. And she said, uh, we are only as strong as the most vulnerable of us. So if our vulnerable, if we aren't caring for those who are vulnerable, which in most societies is your el- your elders and your children, uh, if we're not, you know, caring for them, if we're not caring for anyone, anyone, folks, who is vulnerable, then the whole country suffers. We are all connected. Everybody is connected. Like I said, we say these little trite things like, we're all going to get through this together. But they're not just words. We are literally, energetically, in a worldwide web, all connected one to the other. And unless you start getting that and quit saying, those people over there, well, there are some people that are bad people. But, (laughs) sorry, 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 I can't help myself. Um, The point that I'm making here is use some sense, use some common sense. Uh, quit taking everything that's on Facebook and, and acting as though it's the truth. And I've had some people that are fairly sensible saying, well, you know, they're they're counting all these things as COVID-19 deaths that aren't. That is proven to be a false statement. Right. So get your facts straight. It's super important to get your facts set straight. And transmission of disease, food workers are the most likely to transmit disease. So we, we, they should get, uh, you know, paid, uh, paid sick leave. They should get help. And, uh, you know, I look at our, our whole economy has not been good for a very long time. You, you know, people say, well, we have low unemployment. People have quit looking for jobs. Or they're working two or three jobs. If you're working three jobs and you say we have low unemployment, that just does not compute. It, it's just a, a ridiculous thing to say. I think there's something like um, 32% of, of workers get a, quote, living wage. That means they get enough to get by. But there's nothing like vacations. Uh, you know, you, you know, there's no vacations. You're living in very modest means. You know, in Europe, and I don't care if you bothers you that I compare the United States to America because we need to pay attention. We are not number one. We are not number one except in COVID-19 deaths. That's the only thing we're, we're leading the world in at this point. Hmm. Um, everybody has holiday. Everyone has holiday. Every worker has weeks of holiday. Every worker has maternity and paternity. They have paternity leave, Okay. They get to to spend time with their with their children before they go back to work. They uh, you know get a decent amount of time to eat, so they're not bolting their food down and messing up their digestive tracts. We uh, we are way behind, folks, and we don't have to be. That's the that's the thing. We don't have to be behind. You know, we we have the opportunity of. To live really, really, really well. And uh, one of the things that I, you know, I talked about Mitch McConnell, I think, last week saying, well, that uh, uh, those states that need help right now should go bankrupt. Well, his state is one of those that puts less in than it takes out. And I, you know, I had this thing, well, what if California, and that's not going to happen, but just saying this, just think about this, fifth largest economy on the planet. What if they say, well, we're not going to throw our money into the pot for everybody. We're going to keep it for here, right here in California for all of us, for just us. The Californians are going to live real well. The rest of you can, can do whatever. But we're, we're not going to contribute to the pot like we've been doing. Where would that be? That, it's not right because it's the United States of America. It's not every man for himself, America. Exactly. You know, um, so that would not happen. So you look at the states that give the most, they take the least back out. But it's still the attitude like, look, if you need help, I want to help you. But the people that need the most help are the ones complaining. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're the one who needs the help. We're willing to help you. Stop it. Shut up. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's just, I don't want to hear it anymore. You're You're out of line. So then when Mitch McConnell says, 
that the Obama administration uh, d didn't leave uh, any any kind of preparation for a pandemic, you know. We, we know that's flat out false. Flat out false. It's not, whoops, I misspoke, which he tried to say. His own wife was at a meeting where the Obama administration was telling them how to handle a pandemic. Right. So, so you know, this isn't a, like a whoops. This is an out and out blatant lie to support the uh, person in the White House who lies every single day. I still don't get it. I do not get how you support someone who lies one lie after another. I mean, I'm not a conservative, as you may have gathered. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I look at Conway, you know, whose wife works for Trump. And this man... You mean McConnell? No, not McConnell. He's a senator. He's. Uh, I'm talking about, uh, you know, uh, oh. Kellyanne's husband. Sure, uh, sure, yeah. Uh, George, isn't it George Conway? Um, yes. He is a he is a conservative, but he's a true conservative. Right. I may not agree with him on policies, but I believe him to be an honorable man. Yeah. And that's to me what, what we one of the most important things we've lost that we can get back. We don't have to. We don't have to be in this position. We don't have to do this. Uh, they wrote a color-coded playbook, the Obama administration. We're talking a big thing. Right. These are the steps you have to take. These are the things you need to do. That was given to Trump. Obama talked to Trump. His team talked to Trump's team, said, listen, we shut down things at the beginning because we didn't understand that. When we got the SARS, we went, oops, that was a big mistake. We admit we made the mistake. Don't you make the same mistake we did. So instead of saying, oh, we made the same mistake we did, they didn't do anything for us. They did. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And, and you know, I have, I have my bones to pick with, with things that happened in the Obama administration. I was not happy that they gave the banks all the money and left the homeowners to, to sink. I thought that was the wrong move to make. There were things I voted for him because he was going to end the war, and we've increased wars. So... I'm not happy about those well, things. Well, it's not like we invaded another country and, and, and really? started— uh, You don't think having troops in 70-some-odd countries around the planet is an invasion? Well, we've we've always had troops in in lots of different countries around the world. So it's not—we didn't start another Iraq or another Afghanistan, uh, you know, and he did, to be fair, Syria. try and remove troops— um, and he could have actually done more in Syria. Which, he could have done more. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, and there didn't have to that's be the very complicated, strikes. but there wasn't. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't another war. I'm not going to make excuses for him. I, let me tell you something. Given the same circumstances, I would vote for Obama again. Okay. I, I don't feel like I made the wrong move. I think I made the right move, even though Romney was the only senator who uh, stood up and uh, said, "I, my oath to God means something to me. Right. And I'm tired of these people saying, I'm a religious person when it's convenient for me. I'm, re I'm religious when I'm telling you what to do with your body. I mean, you talk about big government and small government. There's no bigger government than a government that wants to put a, a something up a woman's vagina to, to look to see if she's pregnant. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like forcing her to do this. Uh, this is that it doesn't get any bigger than invading your body. And uh, so don't tell me your religious beliefs trump mine. God, I hate to say that <laughs> because they don't. I have every right to my belief and everybody else has a right to theirs, except when you inf you don't have the right to stand up in a crowded movie theater and scream fire, do you? No. That's not freedom of speech. You don't have a right to walk in to the legislature of a state, threaten the governor's lives and be fully armed when the people are in there. Whether I agree with the laws they're making or not, you don't have the right to do that. And frankly, if they don't arrest those people in Michigan, then Michigan is even more messed up than I thought it was. 
You know, um, I think that the here's the thing: we have minority, we have ruled by the minority at this point in time. The minority is running the country. If you lo even look at North Carolina during uh, you know the last two elections, more people voted Democratic than voted Republican, but there's more Republican representation. How does that happen? It's called gerrymandering. That's how it happens. It's called suppressing the vote. That's how it happens. If you think that that cheating is the way to win and that it's okay, oh, if we suppress the vote, we don't let these people come to the polls. I, didn't Trump actually admit that uh, didn't uh, he actually admitted just recently that uh, Republicans wouldn't win if they if they uh, were fair, if we had fair and clean elections. Uh, I'm saying if your position is the right position, then it doesn't bother you to have things fair. It doesn't bother you in one darn bit to do that. But if you know that you can only win by cheating, shame on you. You know, it is time that we just um, um, said, let's just be open. Let's just be, let's, let's remember who we are. My goodness, folks, just remember who we are. You know, the United States of America hasn't always done the right thing, but we have been that shining city on the hill for so many, and that's not who we are right now. We have forgotten who we truly are, and I think it's time we remembered. And if COVID-19 helps us remember, great. I just don't think it's a good idea that people who are trying to do the right thing will probably lose their lives because, you know, like if I wear a surgical mask, that protects, that protects you from me. It doesn't protect me from you. But if you wear one, we're both protected because we're paying attention. Wash your hands. You know, don't run around when you don't need to and wear a mask when you go out. I keep a mask in my car and I put it on when I'm entering a place and I take it off when I'm headed back to my car so I can breathe because it's hot out here. <laughs> Nonetheless, you know. Nonetheless, you still need to cover and protect each other. Because if, if both people are doing it, then both people are protected. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. These are not hard things to do. This is not, you know, you're not being penalized because you can't go to the gym. Walk around the darn block. Do calisthenics in your living room. You know, push-ups. You can do those. You'll have to go to a gym. And toilet paper. Stop hoarding toilet paper. That's silly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, on a positive note on the uh, the toilet paper front, I actually saw toilet paper back on the shelves here uh, for the first time in two months. Um, it just last time I was at the the supermarket, so uh, so the, that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, because I mean, you can uh, yeah, well, <laughs> you can only use so much toilet paper. So That's right. I thought, well, it's got to come flooding back at some point because people have lifetime supplies now. The people that hoarded it. They're not going to be yeah. able to use that, you know. They um, can be, that'll be part of their children's inheritance. But the yeah, the people <laughs> that didn't exactly hoard it are, are we're getting a little desperate. But it, I think it's back, and so, uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's different for every every place that you go. But I I found that a little bit heartening anyway. <laughs> now if we could well, just get the cleaning wipes back. Oh my goodness! Well, it is what it is, and you know what, people. There is something you can do if you want to exercise, and I'll tell you what it is. That, my friends, is to keep on dancing. <laughs>